record, and then we'll do our clap. Okay. One, right. two, three. I think we were dead on. I think we were. <laughs> I, I taught it. <laughs> we're we're going to finish up the uh, the end of this and slide in with a, the for everything in sync, everything perfect. That'll be good for things to start off with. Damn it, my phone. Ah, fuck. Anyway. Okay, Beck, we are back recording again after a little bit of an absence, a little bit of a break. We both got busy with life, and mm-hmm. uh, you've started back to school, right? Oh, I've started back to school and work and having to do things every day, so yeah. Um, school and work, because you were mostly, well, last time we talked, kind of like me, you were at home a lot and watching a lot of TV and a lot of web shows and movies. How has becoming a member of the workforce impacted your ability to be a viewer? Not much because I just put YouTube on while I drive around. Because I'm a I drive for waiter. It's like Uber Eats of, you know, the east side. But um basically I get an order, I go pick it up, I go drop it off to the people. I spend the whole time in my car basically. So I can sit and play a series on my YouTube with my little dash thing where my phone's hooked up and I can stay connected to my content whenever I want. <laughs> And there are no police listening to this broadcast right now whatsoever, I'm Hopefully sure. Hopefully not. Well, I mean, I don't actually watch it. I just listen to it. Because at this yeah. point, most of the queer things that are out there, I've already watched once. So Yeah, so you could probably just repeat web series and things that you really liked and just have them as like your special queer car company. Yep. I find that it's gotten me to listen to a lot of podcasts, though. Like, I've started listening to a lot of a lot more podcasts because you listen to the same music every single day. It's going to drive you nuts. And then you won't enjoy your music anymore because you're working and it's just that that's all you're hearing. Mm-hmm. So if you listen to a podcast, you get new content every single time. So that's what I've found helps a lot. Well, that's interesting because you are now a co-host of a podcast, and so you're going to start listening to more podcasts, and you're going to have happen to you what happened to me is I start listening to them, and I'm going, oh, I, I, I want things to sound like that, or oh, I want to have a guest like that, or I want to talk about these things, or whatever, and you're going to get super overwhelmed and super bummed out like I have a few times. So that leads me into <laughs> what I wanted to tell everyone at the beginning, and we'll probably come back around the end, that this podcast is going to round out season one of Is There Gay Stuff? I think this will be about 19 or 20 episodes by the time I get this one up, which I don't know if it's long for a season because I haven't really studied other people's stuff, but I feel like that it's gotten to a point where I've learned some hard lessons and I see a path of where I want to go. So this is going to round out the first season. Second season is going to be, again, back back here with me as the regular host. And then I'm going to have um, the folks come in and, and recap TV shows with me. And I'm also just going to bring in anyone random that wants to talk about anything. If it remotely touches on queer subjects or if we get off topic, I don't think it matters at this point. It's 20 gay teen. Anything, <laughs> it seems like gay stuff is touching everything and everyone and every part of media that we're interested in. So I think that we'll be able to have a ton of stuff to talk about in season two. So I think we should maybe do a little wrap up. Uh, We're kind of just off the cuff today. We didn't make any plans about what we're going to talk about, but maybe do a little recap of all the things that we liked the most or were most interested in or most surprised by or most obsessed with uh, along the queer media. You went to a movie last night, didn't you, Beck? Yes. uh, I went and saw A Simple Favor on Thursday night. And... 
for those of you that don't know what a simple favor is, I don't know how you've avoided it because it's Anna Kendrick and Blake Lively, mm. and Blake Lively wears suits the whole time. So mm. how have you not seen it? It's kind of like a, um, I won't say thriller. It's a twists and turns type of movie, and suspenseful. I don't even think it was that suspenseful. Like, it was really just like, oh, here's this information. Wait, it's not what you thought it was. Like, that just kept happening to us. But Anna Kendrick plays a mommy blogger. And that was a weird role to see her in. Yeah. I I don't think of her as a mommy in that way at all. No one does. (laughs) But she was, like, the perfect, like, mom that, like, did everything for all the kids at school. And she would always like bake all the things for the bake sale and was volunteering for everything like that's who she was and then Blake Lively is this like business tycoon like wears fancy three-piece suits and loves her kid but also treats her kid like a friend more than a kid and their two sons are about six or seven and they're best friends and that's how Anna Kendrick and Blake Lively meet and the first moment let me tell you the first moment of when Anna Kendrick sees Blake Lively get out of this nice like Porsche car and it's raining she's got this like black umbrella and like this like hat on and the brim's real low and she's wearing like this full suit right there it was like that gay gaze that you get like like gay panic to the max just didn't know what to do with herself watching this woman just like walk float towards her to get her son was just like this moment where i knew i've seen that in the trailer and yeah she does have that that uh moment of recognition where like i'm looking at this in a different way i've ever looked at somebody before Mm -hmm. (laughs) that is of the same sex yeah and blake Mm -hmm. lively looks fantastic i mean i'm a blake lively fan back to gossip girl Mm -hmm. um she's she's gorgeous she's you know a good actress um Mm -hmm. i didn't necessarily think that gossip girl was like you know anything to showcase anyone's super acting abilities it was a teen drama night soap kind of thing which i get totally sucked into um (laughs) i think we all do right and then she was in the movie the shallows now, did you see that movie where she yes, was the shark? Yes, I did. Yes. That movie is really good, surprisingly. And I'm a huge Jaws fan, so anytime there's a shark movie, I'm just like, eh, I don't know about this. It's not Jaws. It didn't matter. She was in it. She was trapped out on that rock. She was scantily clad. <laughs> she was in danger. <laughs> uh, she was she smart. She was tempting the shark. That's what she yes. was doing. She was yeah. scantily clad because she was tempting the shark. Yes. Like, tell him to take a bite of this. <laughs> yes. And then, of course, she's married to Ryan Reynolds, and I think that's like a cute little... You know, he seems like a cool dude. Um, Nobody should be that lucky. They're both, like, gorgeous, rich, beautiful, talented, perfect lives. It's crazy. But then I saw the trailer for this movie come up. And I'm already an Anna Kendrick fan. I mean, Mm -hmm. who's not an Anna Kendrick (laughs) fan? Who isn't? Yes, I saw that and I was like, oh, I hope there's gay stuff in this. (laughs) And and then I think that I'm probably going to be pleased when I see it, right? Oh yeah, there's there's plenty of uh, subliminal and not so subliminal gay in it. There is, um, you know, it was spoiled actually the first night that it premiered. Somebody posted the kiss between Anna Kendrick and Blake Lively online, and <sighs> let me just tell you that little spoil that was online does not do it justice. Oh, like okay. it's so much better and more involved. Like while you're, while you're watching this movie. Like, when you get to when this actually happened, like, you're already down this other rabbit hole that you didn't even think you were, like, going to be into this story. And 
it, it's not the fact of they're super attracted to each other and it's like this whole queer love story. That's not it at all. But there is that message underlying of it could definitely go that way. And now, it was good. Now, do you think you're seeing this underlying because you, as we all do, uh, all of us lesbians especially, we're looking for that? Or is it there? I feel like it's there. Okay. I mean, I feel like with the whole um, PR of this movie, they've pushed that. Like, they've pushed how strong of a relationship that Kendrick and Lively have made in this, like, filming of this movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, to the point where Ryan Reynolds has even said, I'm starting to believe that my child is actually Anna Kendrick's. <laughs> and, like, they totally... He's talked about how, you know, if anyone's going to steal his wife, it's fine that it's Anna. Like... They've all kind of made this whole thing, and I think that that's why the uh, undertone of, like, gay shit's happening isn't well, really... I'm glad that, that you're getting that from it and that it, that there is something there, because I really got aggravated at the Pitch Perfect stuff, mm-hmm. bringing it back around to Anna Kendrick, um, with Brittany Snow, their characters in the Pitch Perfect movies. They've always kind of hinted at um, a flirtation between those characters so much mm-hmm. you know they even in the trailers they they mislead us by shooting things that don't end up in the movie or that are totally not the way they are in the movie based on the way we see them in the trailer and I get really aggravated at that queer baiting going on so I'm glad that I'm not going to be that way about this movie because I don't want to hate Anna Kendrick or Blake Lively for going along with that you know because I wonder sometimes mm-hmm. like are the actresses or actors in these movies when this kind of stuff happens are they party to it or are they like fighting against it you know or or they don't have any power to say i don't think we should be doing this if we're really not going to show this as a real relationship or you know whatever of course anna kendrick has a huge gay following so i Mm -hmm. I figure she's probably like on our side in it she's very aware of like she's actually talked about in a couple different interviews about the queer baiting that happened with becca and chloe in uh pitch perfect and britney snow has also talked about it and said how they didn't understand why that wasn't a storyline that was followed or uh britney snow even said there is a, a tape somewhere out there of the kiss no one knows where it is but she says there it is there somewhere, but I know that Anna Kendrick is aware of her following, and she is aware of how, like, these stories that she's portraying does impact those people that she has a following with. And I think that for, like, especially, like, with this movie, they pushed the PR in a certain way, and then it was because that's what it truly was like in the movie. But I'm not going to tell you at all that it ends up being a completely gay movie where they only want each other. That's not it. That's right. not the story you're even going there for. You're going there to figure out what happened to the, to Blake Lively's character. Yeah. And there is gay stuff in it. Well, surprisingly, my town is actually playing this movie because we don't get things here in Kentucky till they've run the course everywhere else. <laughs> um, but mm. that one is playing. It got a wide release instead of like a limited and, and us have to wait around for it. Now, we've got a couple things coming up. Um, I know we talked about recapping, but I want to touch on a few things that are that are out now but haven't reached me and probably haven't reached you yet either. Mm-hmm. Lizzie. Mm-hmm. Is it playing where you're at? Not yet. Nope. Yeah, I think our cities are probably kind of about the same. In the same. They probably Co- are. College town, medium-sized. Mm-hmm. Kind of a cool place to live, yet still stuck with Bible Belt mentality. Oh, 100%. I mean, we're also a certified retirement city. What? So, we've literally got old people and college kids. That's what our whole town is. So you can never get in a restaurant in your town. 
No, you can't. That's why I work for a, a service where we provide meals that get brought to you. Because if you're too old, you don't want to leave the house. And if you're too young, you're too tired. <laughs> so that's that's a bad situation. Yeah. Um, it's also a bad situation for, like I said, getting any sort of controversial controversial or interesting or queer films mm -hmm. to play. But I think that Lizzie's getting really good reviews. It is uh, the Lizzie Borden retelling again. And it is... Chloe Savani, 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 Savine, Savine, <laughs> Savine. Okay, Savine. If that's it, that's great. I'm gonna go with that. <laughs> she, she's always been one of my favorites. Kristen Stewart is in this movie as well, and she has not always been one of my favorites because being introduced to her through Twilight was problematic for me because she seemed so uncomfortable being in those movies, and it. And then any of her public appearances, she seemed so uncomfortable. It was like she was like a completely like fidgety, odd, young celebrity character type. And so I just, I got annoyed with her until I started seeing her in other movies. And I'm like, she's one of my favorite younger actresses now. Seeing her in things like Adventureland and I can't remember what the name of the movie about Jack Kerouac uh, it's like the road or something like that but into anyway, the wild yeah into the wild she was in that too but um anyway everything else she's in absolutely fabulous and then i when she came out it, it, as much as she did on um saturday night live and <laughs> did you see that episode yes i did <laughs> you're like yeah, i'm what you say i'm hella gay is that yep. what it was yeah yep and then the, gay. the tostino's t uh pizza roll <laughs> commercial on there was <laughs> was incredible so she's one of my favorites so putting the two of them together is really interesting to me plus you got a lizzie borden axe murdering story so You're right what's there not to love was twilight the first movie you saw her in though i think it was the first movie i saw her in other than when she was younger younger in um the one with jodie foster panic uh, room panic that was room. my first movie i saw her in that one and then catch that kid i did not see catch that kid i was a kid when catch that kid came out so it was something i was very into but I really liked her from Panic Room because I myself am a type 1 diabetic. Mm. And so seeing those struggles, like, you have to have your medication right. portrayed so accurately. Like, I was like, wow, I don't know who this kid is, but she's so good at this because yeah. I look like that and feel like that. Like, it, it was really good. And then to know, like, realize when I was older watching Twilight, oh, that's that kid. It gave me a different light to see her in when it came to the person she was playing in Twilight because mm -hmm. yes as a person outside of those movies she is a fidgety kind of like mm -hmm. introverted person yeah but that's also the character that she was playing like that's the character she was given yeah it, for me it was a combo of those two things like oh my gosh I can't stand even though I've watched all the movies don't get me wrong I didn't go to the theater to see them I would not oh I was that. a twihard <laughs> oh boy I was yeah you and every other 45 year old woman in the Oh, America. but I was into Alice. Like, I just... Mm. That's I what it was. That. I love I vampires, so... Yeah. Sue and me. That's, see, that's the thing about me. I do, too. And so I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to watch these. And then I just... Uh, what's his mm -hmm. face? The werewolf. What's his name? Jacob. Uh, Jacob. And those big-ass werewolves. There's just so many mm -hmm. bad decisions as far as a film that were made there. You're those werewolves did not need to be the size of a fucking house. They didn't need to be big dogs either. No, no. Like, it literally just looked like a, a dog, but they, like, sized it up. Like, that's all it was. And then the liberties taken with, and I've not read the books, so I don't know if the books are different or not. My wife read them, and 
didn't. I, don't, I can't remember if she liked him or not, but I know she did not care for the movies. I did um, not like the movies. <laughs> yeah. The liberties they take with the standard tropes of vampirism. I want my vampires to follow a certain sort of uh, requirements. Mm-hmm. And the sparkly skin and the being able to go out in the sun, play baseball when it's a cloudy day. Come on. I mean, it's just <laughs> you know, ridiculous. Okay, originally, this is something that, you know, I I was very into Twilight. So, Stephanie Meyer actually said that originally her vampires glowed green in the sun. Well, that's a big giveaway right there. Exactly. <laughs> but, but do you see what I'm saying? Like, it, yeah. in her head, it was, you're either sparkly or green. Like, it didn't... Well, if I'm going to be given those two choices, I mean, I prefer pale white and ghostly, but yep. if I have to have those two choices, I'll take sparkly, I guess. Exactly. So, so, but no, I've read the books many, many times, and I regret it at this point how much I've read them, mm-hmm. but they're not well written. Like, yeah. I, I, I can look back at that now and, like, see... They are not well written. For the time that I read these things, I was like 13, 14, like... But they were written for you, right? Exactly, they were. That's that's yeah. how it felt. And I had already read a whole vampire series right before that called um, Cirque du Freak. It's a Darren Shan series. I loved it. So then I was in this tone of, I want more vampire things. Found Twilight, read it, and I was like, that's not really the same, but I like it because I'm supposed to. Yeah. So... Well, my wife read them as an adult. Um, she... She will read, you know, she, like she read the Divergent series. Yep. And especially the Hunger Games. Now, she loves the Hunger Games movies, the books, the whole deal on mm-hmm. that. And so I think she was just let down by the by the Twilight stuff. So I guess it was just a bad convergence for Kristen Stewart of me that I knew that she was that little girl from Panic Room. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, of course, has Jodie Foster in it, who is probably my all-time favorite. Yep. And I think that maybe she benefited in that movie from having Jodie Foster around, being a former mm-hmm. child star and, you know just knowing her shit and having it on lockdown and probably taught her a lot. But mm-hmm. as I said, I have, I like her in everything else. Even that very odd movie, the clouds of Sils Maria. I liked that. I, I liked it too. And I don't know why I liked it. I've watched it more than once. I did too. I bought it because I needed it, but no, I liked it because, um, because I'm a theater student. Mm-hmm. We do watch a lot of NT lives, the national theater live broadcasts. And there was a broadcast of, um, from under the bridge or something like it was it was this really weird obscure type of like play that was set up in like a glass box like all of the action was happening in this glass box and at the end it rained blood it was weird mm-hmm. but for some reason it was my favorite nt live broadcast that i would ever seen and that's how that movie felt to me mm-hmm and that's like seeing those characters the way that the the play in that like uh movie Mm -hmm. the way that the set was set up i loved it because it reminded me of oh this is like something else that i've actually seen in the theater world and because i studied those types of patterns of people that played these roles Mm -hmm. like it was really good to me i really liked it well and she you know in that film she was very angsty but Mm -hmm. it it fit to me it seemed like it that it went with the story and um, it didn't bother me like it did in Twilight. But mm-hmm. like I said, I, I really like her. So I am looking forward to seeing Lizzie. I don't know when we're going to get it. But I believe we're going to get a lot of gay in that. I am excited as hell for that. One, Lizzie Borden is like my favorite like horror aspect type of like... She's my favorite serial killer that's not exactly a serial killer. Right. Like, see what I'm saying? Like, she's got the whole story. She's got the, the scary, the we don't know if she actually did it. Like, I loved her story like growing up. 
Yeah, it's and like then, a it's like a horror story wrapped with like a time period piece wrapped with a conspiracy mm-hmm. theory and unknown. So exactly, like the, it's my favorite thing to like. I read so much about it, did book reports about it. It was great. So now we're getting a movie that kind of focuses on one of my main theories about Lizzie Borden growing up, and I'm going to get to see how that plays out in the wide like wide world's view. What's your what was your theory? Because people that don't know, yeah. My theory was that the maid and Lizzie Borden were actually in love with each other, and that the reason that mom and dad got killed is because the father had been molesting and or having sexual relations with the maid against her will. Yes. And Lizzie did it to protect the girl that she loved. That's what I always thought growing up, because mm-hmm. I'm gay, because <laughs> that's all I can think. But that's so. That's basically what we're gonna get to see in this Lizzie Borden movie. Yeah, so that's that's one where I'm looking forward to. You're highly looking forward to it, it sounds like. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then um, Colette with our beloved Keira Knightley. <laughs> are we going to get gay in that? <laughs> We're going to get gay in that as from the trailer we are. That's all I've seen. I haven't looked into any yep. of the other footage or whatever, but Keira Knightley can basically do no wrong. I can't think of anything she's done that I'm like, oh, I don't like this or it was bad. Even the lighthearted fair, I'm fine with. Of course, we're fine with Pirates of the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. I mean, oof. so <laughs> to see her in, and also I'm drawn to these period pieces that like this one is, and it's got the literature aspect to it. And then kind of a, it fits perfectly with the times of like a woman who is actually the one writing books that her, I guess he's her husband in it, I, mm-hmm. uh, is taking the credit for and becoming all the rage of the literary world. And uh, so it's kind of like that movie Big Eyes that Tim Burton did. Did you see that about Marjorie Keene? Yes. I loved that so much because I'm a I'm a huge Tim Burton fan. He's one of the people mm-hmm. that I aspire to make work like. Yeah. Just because, not because it's like out of the box and like crazy, but more just because he sees these ideas and he goes for it. But that he, it is, uh, Colette is exactly like Big Eyes in the notion of uh, woman makes work, husband takes, pr- like, <laughs> takes it. Husband gets Woman the fame. Woman makes work, man takes fame. That's what that's. <laughs> yeah, there's, that's a whole genre of movie, book, life, a, you know. That's a genre of everyday life, yeah. <laughs> um, well, I like that it exposes this to people that don't already know. Like, I knew the story of Margaret Keene mm-hmm. um, just from loving the art of that time and being a printmaker for a lot of years. And so I already knew that story. But I love then when people like are like, holy shit, she got the shaft, you know. And they find out and then she gets the recognition that she deserved all the yeah so those are the big movies is there any other movies that you know of that are i can't think of any that are coming out like soon Mm -hmm. i'll (laughs) tell you then i want to i don't know if you watched it yet or not but one of the um one of my favorite things i watched this year was disobedience i did watch that yes yes (laughs) i think i sent it to you maybe because you uh, sent me bex i found disobedience okay all right (laughs) Um, well, it's on Amazon Prime now for anyone that's interested. Mm-hmm. You should definitely go watch that movie. That was one of my favorite things of the year. And it, it got back to, or I mean, we can get back to where you were saying that people putting on YouTube and showing the kiss from a simple favor. Yeah. Disobedience. People filmed the entire lovemaking scene from that and mm-hmm. in the in filming it in the theater and then broadcasting it out. And different, all the kisses and all the different stuff. And this is a gay 
movie. Mm-hmm. It, it, it isn't one that ends up how you think it's going to end up. And I was okay with that. I liked how it ended up. I felt mm-hmm. like it would have been too much cliche and formulaic to end either of the two ways it could have ended with the character staying with the husband or the character going off with the love of her life previous love of her life maybe not love of her life now Mm -hmm. and that we get to see it's somebody going on a journey yep discovering something about themselves that they always had to suppress and then making decision to stand on their own so I really enjoyed that one but people put and it was so hard because I I actively tried to avoid seeing any of those scenes and it was Mm -hmm. really hard with you know autoplay videos coming up I was like no 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 I want to see all of this very long sex scene in all of its glory (laughs) on the big screen and I want to see it in the context of the movie yep going to the theater for me is you know some people like oh I don't want to go spend the money for the movie or I don't want to go if I'm available if if it's available for me to go see in this town Mm -hmm. I will go see it we actually Mm -hmm. saw that one when we were in New York because we had we, we flew up for a concert and we had like exactly about three hours to kill and I was like we've been to New York we've done all the tour stuff but hey guess what this movie's playing in Times Square let's go let's go I see would do it yeah yep. people think we're crazy but I'm like I've been in New York like six times I've seen all that stuff there I have not seen this on a big screen in the middle of Times Square so let's right. go do this so we saw that there and I was so glad that I didn't that I, I avoided as much as spoilers as I could for it because it was really really good I feel that. That happens to me a lot with movies because we don't get a lot of them, like, like you said, around my, like, where I live, you don't get a lot of, like, the the more artsy and, like, queer-centric type things. You don't really get that much. So, like, I try to steer clear of things, but it's really hard when you live in this generation of the internet, mm-hmm. and people don't even think about the fact of they're spoiling this for other people, and I'm a huge believer in going to the movies. Like, I... That's my happy place. If I am going to go and do something, I'm going to spend the money to go see a movie. I used to do that every day that I had science, uh, like astronomy lab. I hated the lab so much. Every time I'd get out, I'd go to the movies and I'd see whatever I wanted. We love to, in the summer when it's hot as hell out, Mm -hmm. just go in the afternoon and when it's at its hottest and go in the air-conditioned theater and get that big soda and get a big popcorn and we say, we always say let's have popcorn for dinner and that means we're going to the movies mm-hmm. you know and and that's the whole thing i it's we always do that i don't understand people that don't like make time for movies don't you know they and they like media they like movies they like mm-hmm. stuff but they're just like oh i never have time to go and i'm just like well then you don't really love it Exactly. That drives me nuts. Yeah. I hate when I have a friend that's like, I really wanted to see this, but I guess it's just, I'll see it when it comes on DVD. I'm like, dude, we could go right now. Like, make an effort. You're not chained down to the floor, Deborah. Let's go. (laughs) You can go to the movie. Yeah. (laughs) It's the same with TV shows, which we'll we'll swing around to TV. Unless you had a movie previously in the year that you wanted to discuss that you enjoyed i would say i'm gonna be a super cliche of my generation and talk about love simon for a second i did not see love simon it was here for one week that's how and i did miss it because it was a week that's the only time that was here but i will quickly tell you before you go into it i was at a walgreens pharmacy Mm -hmm. and the lady checking out in front of me had two 12 to 14 ish year old daughters Mm -hmm. and the checkout person asked what they were out doing or whatever. And she said, I'm taking my daughters to see Love, Simon. So they need to go see this movie. And I was like, you go, mom. You Mm -hmm. know, that was like, Mm -hmm. I was like, you know, it's not your sons or whatever, but everybody I think should see that based on Mm -hmm. what I know about it. So that's my one thing with it. I was like, fuck, you know, hey, cool. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah. So 
what about Love Simon? Should why should everybody like check it out now if they didn't? They should check it out because I don't think it matters if you are gay and watching that movie. It does hit a lot closer to home if you are a person that has personally gone through what Simon's going through. But I think that it helps everybody on a like completely like equal level Give be able a, to understand. Give us a real quick just synopsis of what it's about. It's about Simon coming out. It's about his coming out being taken away from him. Mm-hmm. Somebody came out for him, and it's him dealing with the consequences of it. And it's him having to figure out how does he tell his parents? How does he tell his friends? What do you tell your friends that already found out from someone that's not you? Like, what do you do about that? Yeah, and you know, like when I grew up, it was in high school in the 80s, that's mm-hmm. generally how that happened. Yep. It, it wasn't the times like now where people are just like, oh, it's not that big of a deal. I'll just tell people I'm gay. Or other people are like, you know, you're gay. You should just tell everybody. Nobody will care. It was not that way. And people were outed and, um, you know, mercilessly made fun of and pranked on and put in bad situations. And you got that stigma then that I, I think, at least from what I can tell, is not such a big issue anymore. But it still sucks to have that happen to you. It does, and there's this, uh, there's, uh, I won't say that the movie at all, like, made fun of him for being gay or anything like that. There was no, like, slurs being thrown at him. The reason that he was outed wasn't, like, to viciously attack him. It was, oh, something bad happened to another character, and everybody, he was embarrassed about himself, so he was like, I'm gonna tell everybody you're gay so they stop thinking about me. Oh, but that's there's great. this, there's a, uh, exactly. There's this part in the movie where, um, Simon's sitting there and he's talking to his mom, and this is why it was, like, big influential to me and where it really hit me was he started talking to her and she says it's like over the past couple years I've seen you just holding your breath you're just sitting there holding your breath like you don't know what to say and you don't know what to do and she was like this is your time you get to exhale now you get you get to be you you get to exhale you get to feel okay and that's exactly what being out and open is it's Mm -hmm. an exhale it's um this perfectly coincides with, uh, I'll have to say it anonymously, but I woke up this morning and there was a message in my Instagram from someone that I became acquainted with uh, online through another podcast a few years ago. And this woman and I had kept up with each other, just checked in on our Instagrams and notes every once in a while. Hey, I like what you're doing. Hey, I like what you're doing. Yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. And I woke up to a message of this person saying, I just wanted to tell you that I just recently came out and she's in her 40s and she mm-hmm. said I have had a long-standing heterosexual relationship it was not right I ended it because I felt confident and empowered enough to do that now and she was like it's from the example of women like you which I'm not trying to like say anything but mm-hmm. it's she just said I then there's a person that I work with and we've gotten together and we're in a relationship now and it's so great and so I just wanted to tell you that you know thank you kind of thing and that made my morning because sometimes I get, I feel really overwhelmed with all the stuff I'm trying to do and and work and this podcast and Butch and Sissy and my clients and living life and whatever and like that was the first thing I saw when I woke up and it was awesome and so I sent her a message back and I said I just want to tell you that this was a great way to wake up I'm so happy for you and you've done something that is very 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 hard for people to do at any time in their life especially for you and a lot of people don't ever do it so just think you did it and so now you're going to find yourself walking around so much more confident so much more at ease 
with yourself because you're being who you are. So anything for the, from now on out, anything isn't impossible. You've done the hardest thing you're ever probably going to have to do. So look at it from there on. So that's that's when you said exhale, that really mm-hmm. hit with me because that's that's what it is like. It's like you're holding in all of that stuff and all that tension and all that worry and all that dread. And then when you let it go, I mean, some people get a bad experience. I don't want to negate that at all. True. But hopefully it's an exhale for people. But that, that definitely hit me really, really hard just because, like, I have felt that so deeply and, like... There was another moment with his dad where, because his dad doesn't ever say anything bad. Neither of his parents react poorly. It's the fact of his dad doesn't know what to do. And so there's this scene where his dad is like, how long have you known? And Simon kind of tries to tell him. And he just tells Simon, he's like, I want you to know I'm proud of you. Like, I love you and I am proud of you. And for a lot of people that were in that theater, we have had that moment with our parents where they haven't been able to say that. Right. And to be able to get that reinforcement of times are changing, this is something that we are seeing, this is how it should be. Like, it was this moment of, wow, that's great. Like, I, I, I know that I don't have that, and I didn't have that, but other people could, and other people have. And maybe more people now will. Exactly. Yeah. It gives an example, so. Well, I have that uh, here at my house, and I'm going to, you've spurred me on to go ahead and watch it. It's been just kind of sitting there while I caught up on a lot of other stuff plus new tv has started back i have some yeah, tv can... has some tv i'm behind on and i'm feeling mm-hmm. like felt like for a while there was a lot not a lot of tv happening a lot of good shows that you and i both watch ended waiting mm-hmm. on stuff to come back why mm-hmm. no Earp started back mm-hmm. which we we podcasted about earlier and now we're down to i think this coming week is the two-part season finale i think so out? yeah yeah I think um so. well let's touch on tv then for a little bit and i'll go straight to Winona Earp. Um, did you watch last night first? I did. Don't spoil it. <laughs> I, I'm not. Oh, you haven't watched it? I worked. Oh. And then I had to do an assignment by midnight. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to spoil it for you. It's really, really good. Okay. I'm excited for you to watch it. Okay. <laughs> I will tell you that, and I don't think this is spoiling, we do get Anna Silk. Finally. Yeah, I did know that. I saw I yeah. saw the trailer, so or the commercial. Anna Silk of Lost Girl fame. Uh, has a guest spot this season and I was looking forward to it and I was like we're getting down close to the wire here we need to get her going mm-hmm. in this show but it was a great episode but I overall I think this show had a first season that of course kept I was captured by it I liked it a lot of people did but it was how a, you know a, a rocky first season for shows you've got a lot of stuff going on a lot of characters to establish a lot of this show has got heavy backstory for everyone dating back to the Wild West times with Doc Holliday mm-hmm. and White Earp. You've got so many different characters and, and a mythology and a lore that goes along. So there's a lot to do in that first season. But then second season came along and I think it just gained more popularity. And then with this third season, I really think it's kind of come into its own as a solid, entertaining, well-made, well-acted show. Mm-hmm. I feel like from the the first episode was good and then from the second on I felt like I'm I feel better recommending this to other people who aren't just going to watch it for the gay you know now Mm -hmm. because sometimes you'll recommend things to people and they'll be like oh you know no Mm -hmm. you're okay you're talking about vampires Connie you're talking about (laughs) mystical (laughs) universities you're talking about a possessed gun from Wyatt Earp you're talking about (laughs) blah 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 whatever and they're they just look at me like I'm bonkers but I feel like really solid now like 
recommending this and being able to say more than just, if you like Buffy, you'll like this, which was my go-to for a long time. Mm -hmm. So what have you thought about this season? I personally really have enjoyed this season just because, like you said, it does seem like it's kind of come into its own. I will say that I think forever uh, the second season will always be my favorite. Mm -hmm. I think that's when we really got an established, this is what you're watching. And for me, you said that uh, you would say Buffy, if you liked Buffy. I say um, if you like Supernatural, like the show Supernatural, but with more female characters, with female forward casting, because that's how it feels to me. Yeah, I don't watch Supernatural, but I know people love that show. But it's and it's been on for like forever, right? It's been on thirteen seasons, and I've watched. I didn't even. I was going to say like eight, but you're telling me thirteen seasons. Thirteen seasons. The thirteenth season is on Netflix now, but there is like a magic gun that you kill demons with in that show and everything. So there are very many like parallel things and like similarities between Winona Earp and Supernatural. And is, there so, gay, is there gay stuff in There is. There is. It's not heavily gay. Like, the brothers are not gay guys. They're... <laughs> That'd be a whole different show. <laughs> exactly. But there is a, there's a ton of fan fiction about, like, them if they were gay. But there is um, a character named Charlie that's played by Felicia Day that she is a lesbian. Mm-hmm. And she's in quite a few different episodes. And she does kind of become, like, she has become a fan favorite. So, it does have gay stuff spread throughout it, and each episode's, like, a different case that they're taking on. But there's also, like, the links through um, the whole series of, like, a story that's being told. Mm-hmm. But each episode is a new supernatural case that they take on, they have to face, figure it out, kill the demon, get rid of the ghost, and then move on. So, I will say that in that notion, Winona Earp and Supernatural are very similar, and so I would always say that because I know of the cult following that Supernatural mm-hmm. has. Because a lot of my friends who were growing up loved it. Okay, so you're saying it reminds you very much of a hugely popular 13-season cult show. Yes. <laughs> I'm telling people it reminds me it, so much of Buffy, which is, you know, dated now, kind of, but still, <laughs> still, still carries over. So a lot of people wouldn't even know what Buffy is if I tell them that. Supernatural's still on. Mm-hmm. But people should go watch one on Earth. I wanted exactly. to watch it. Oh yeah, because that's two big recommendations. If it reminds you of a show, me of a show that was so culty, popular, and revered, which is what Buffy is, and then Supernatural's mm-hmm. got this staying power mm-hmm. and huge popularity, and I'm pretty sure their fandom is like really diverse, right? On Supernatural. Oh yeah, hundred yeah. percent. I mean they they are large enough that there are conventions hosted by the actual com- like ca- company that casts all of Supernatural. All over the United States. They do their own conventions themselves. Yeah. Like, it comes to New Orleans, Texas. Like, they go to Vegas. But it's the actual show doing it. And see, that's what's already happening with Winona Earp. I mean, Mm -hmm. Palooza, the, um, they call it EHCon. Is that what it is for Earp Homestead? Yeah, EHCon. As well as, we previously mentioned, Winona Earp kind of took over Comic-Con this year. Yeah. Yeah, it did. That's our big recommendation, I think, from both of us then for what's been on TV so far and getting ready to finish. It's, it's uh, got two seasons on Netflix. We're mm-hmm. ending the third, so they'll probably put that on before the fourth one would start up so you could easily catch up on it. It's highly entertaining. I don't watch shitty TV unless it's something that I'm watching because it's shitty. <laughs> so, and and you don't either. So, no. please, people, take our recommendation and check out Winona Earp. What else as far as TV that what really grabbed you that you want to recommend or urge people to check out? Anything from Riverdale. previously in this year? Riverdale. Yes. Riverdale. Yes. I mean, we you can't 
talk about TV without talking about Riverdale at this point. Because think about it, it's also got the cult following that we were just talking about. Yeah. Like, it, the first season, as you said, like, about Winona Earp, it was very rocky. Yes. Like, I personally only watched, like, half of it. And then just kind of, like, forgot that it existed. Mm-hmm. But then when I heard that season two had finished, I was like, you know, I do want to go back and watch it. And mm-hmm. I went back and it hooked me in hard it hooked me from the first one and i was in on it and i i I, a lot of people don't like to say well i think this thing is this music or movie or book or whatever is this combined with this but for me i love that kind of comparison it tells me what's what's going on Mm -hmm. it gives me a point of reference for something it's its own thing but to me it's a combination of like a gossip girl meets david lynch for me oh yeah i get that i get that a lot yeah yeah you got the high school the um with dealing with their own interminglings amongst themselves mixed in with their parents and their parents are dipping into their affairs and then the town and business and then you've Mm -hmm. got weird spooky settings music uh relationships and it's very fucking stylish to me it's just beautiful to look at i felt like it was like pretty little liars yes it's like it's it's like pretty little liars because you've got the same type of relationships you've got your token gay characters Mm -hmm. you've got like the mystery of who done it yeah the anonymous killer like that it's very pretty pretty little liars to me well i'm hesitant to mention it in the same breath with pretty little liars because (laughs) i have watched every bit of pretty little liars don't get me wrong I, (laughs) i was obsessed with it hated myself for watching it we all hated ourselves would continue to watch it i would probably put it on and just watch for background now but Mm -hmm. i didn't want to mention them together because so many people are like oh my god pretty little liars how many seasons could they drag this out for we're never going to find out who a is oh then they tell us that a is this somebody and then that person's okay it might be this other you know it just it went on for too long and it got really convoluted and Mm -hmm. um and the writing and the acting and we're not you know anything that you necessarily want to recommend to anyone in well my you're opinion. not wrong yeah. but there's there are a couple episodes of riverdale that like if you don't love the show then you're not going to really love the episodes like the carrie episode oh from yeah. a from a viewer point of view and a theater point of view that was done terribly that was worse than a glee episode it was all fucking <laughs> over the place and it could have been cool but did you if you watch it and you watch them actually like singing quote-unquote their lips were not even synced up and like it was just bad so like as a whole the show's great but there are small things you can find but i think that would make people appreciate the show more like honestly yeah Yeah. because they're not saying it's the best but they're saying we're giving you something it's addictive it's addictive tv oh yeah it is (laughs) um and I, i read something uh yesterday on a on a thing about fall previews you know that it's coming back and then mm-hmm. also we have um the sabrina the teenage mm-hmm. witch reboot yes. coming back and it was intended to be a cw show to coexist along with riverdale but then through i guess the dark turn that that's taken they mm-hmm. think that it's more appropriate for netflix so that's where that's going to be it's but they were saying you know that the riverdale has become the flagship show for C- the cw and yes. and so i try to tell everybody about it and um, like I said, it's on Netflix, so you could go and catch up easily on that before too much more happens. Any other TV shows that you... I can't really think of any that have really, like, got me this season. Well, I will say that the past season, the last season that aired of Legends of Tomorrow, 
Did you? I didn't watch it. Oh, girl, you need to watch that. I know. I have heard of it. So introducing the Ava Sharp character to go along with Katie Lotz's character was. I love Jess McAllen, who who plays this Ava Sharp. uh, Mm -hmm. Works for the Time Bureau. And anytime you start time traveling, you know I'm I'm in for that. And they time travel every episode. (laughs) Yep. So that's uh, that's coming back. We're gonna have Batwoman coming up, though. We didn't yes, mention that. Yes, Batwoman is coming up, and uh, so we've got some things to look forward to there. What about let's let's touch on a couple of web series that we liked and that we're excited about them getting new seasons or coming back. My maybe my biggest one that I loved. Well, there's two that I really loved: mm-hmm. Barbell mm-hmm. and Clairvoyant. Yes. Did you like both of those? Oh, God, yes. I did. Clairvoyant for me, I wish that it was on my TV as a regular old 30-minute sitcom that I, mm-hmm. that everybody could see on a major network. I think it's, it can, can be that good. So I am super looking forward to that coming back. Of course, it, in, it involves um, our beloved Natasha <laughs> Negavanlis from Carmilla, <laughs> you know, that we love. And uh, she was able to put her creative efforts from the get-go behind it with Annie Briggs, and who was also on Carmilla. And so I, that's my biggest che- thing that I'm cheerleading for, is for them and for their creation to um, come back and be able to come back even more episodes. And then Barbell, for me, that thing was so addictive. Um, I've watched it three or four times, and I love everything about it. I love the the actresses, the performance, the music that they wrote for it, which I mm-hmm. thought was great that they wrote the music. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked the style that it had. And as far as I know, it's coming back, correct? Yes, it's uh, scheduled for a season two this year. Like, it's going to come out, uh, I think they said in a couple months, probably around December. Mm-hmm. But um, I personally love that one. Mm-hmm. I It caught me off guard because... Mm-hmm. First of all, I didn't know what it was. I didn't know, like, what was playing. It just came on my YouTube one day, and I was hooked in because I love Gwen. I love her so much. Mm -hmm. I love her in everything. I watched all of All for One. Mm -hmm. Like, I really liked All for One. She's very engaging. She's very engaging. Yes. So, that, yeah. Okay, go ahead. No, I'm not going to get off topic on her because I'll rant for a little while. I, I mean, her. but no, I, you're right, though. She has this, like, this element about her that just brings you in and you want to pay attention to what she's in. I really like her. I like the way that she approaches different roles. I like the characters that she plays. Like, that's... She's my number one right there. So, I really enjoy her. And having Barbell, like, come out, this story was so twisted and weird, but, like, really good and relatable yeah it was like there's not one person that has not gone through like breaking up with somebody but not really breaking up with them but like like you have a weird relationship lesbians never actually really completely break up with anyone you're right you're always gonna find something of theirs in your room anyways so it's usually them that's true (laughs) (laughs) i mean Um, we tend to i guess it's i don't know if it's female based in the way that we carry ourselves and our attachments and our relationships but you'll still be involved even as just like online buddies or text friends or whatever with someone from 20 years ago that you should hate and they should hate you but you don't but i have an idea about that i think it's because we as a society of women feel like it's important to still like support each other 
Yeah. And like we have this camaraderie with each other where you feel like you need and should be civil with your exes. Yes. Should push come to shove, you're going to support another female more than you would this male. Like in that solidarity thing. You might have a lot of choice words that you say to yourself, like in private, <laughs> stomping True. around about them, but that they gave a <laughs> post on Facebook, you're going to like it. Yep. Exactly. So it's solidarity, man. That's what that's what the whole thing is. Sisterhood. But it's a really good show. If anyone's dealing with not knowing how to get over a relationship or, you know, wanting to be in a relationship that you're not sure how that could happen. Like this show gives you kind of an inside look into, yeah, we're dysfunctional, but that's how we function. And it also has an interesting, because it's set in the music business. And it's yeah. not like seriously set in the music business, like, you know, a show that's about the music business. But it's, it's uh, I find that all of the stuff that they talk about and they go in there, they go on in the show is very realistic too. Mm-hmm. So that's a nice little extra layer added to it. Um, do you have another web series then? I liked Haunters. Did you watch Haunters? I watched Haunters. I yes. liked it. I like things that are musical-esque, and they're not too heavy, but they give you a lot to, like, take in. Yeah. It took me a second for Haunters to register, because I have only watched through it the one time. That one I haven't gone back to, and I don't know why. There's any, There wasn't a reason, but I, most web series I end up, like you said, letting YouTube run, and it'll come mm-hmm. up. And I'm like, oh, well, that's on again. I'll watch it again. Well, it's, it's good to let play in the background, because it's songs, mostly. Mm-hmm. So you've got music playing in the background, but it's also telling you a story. Yes. Like, I really did enjoy that a lot, and I really liked the um, in-depth uh, character work that was done by the lead guy, I don't remember his name, but <laughs> he, uh, like, the character work that he did, he actually was a consultant on the costuming for the characters to make them time period appropriate, because he, I don't, I don't know why I can't remember his name, but he had studied this uh theater in this theater class that taught like different time period like costuming and he helped come up with the costume ideas for that show it was really good like it looked really well put together for like you know a really quickly filmed web series yeah and i think a lot of people don't realize how quickly these web series are filmed i only know about that myself from following behind the scenes stuff on kind of tv um for their series you know and hearing that the first Carmilla was done in four days is yep. amazing to me. The amount of, I mean, it, I don't know that a professional like Hollywood studio could get that work out by that many people that quickly and get it up and out based on how they do things. They couldn't because that's not how production companies within those places work like that. Right. There are web series production companies, and there are TV production companies, and there are movie production companies. Yes, you can flex around in those, but with TV production companies, their schedule is not really that flexible. Like, it, you can't just film all the way through for all of them. Mm-hmm. Like, there's, there's no way they could get all of it done because there's too much they gotta, they'd try to do. Yeah, so that amazed me whenever I found out that about Carmilla, and so then I, I heard about Barbell and how quickly they do things, mm-hmm. and you know people flying through pages and pages and pages of dialogue, especially mm-hmm. our our poor Elise Bauman who had <laughs> ten times the dialogue that anyone in Carmilla had, and um, 
she makes it look effortless, but I'm sure that there are a ton of takes to go along that are hilarious from the background stuff of that. But, you know, sometimes there'll be a scene where Carmilla says one word and one grunt, and um, Laura has, like, you know, talked for the whole other four and a half minutes of the episode. Exactly. And there are some of the episodes that I remember they were talking about, um, they did it in one take. Like, it was just go one take and they wouldn't even there was one episode that i remember them talking about they did the whole thing all the way through and then just continued on to the next thing and then cut for both of them at the same time and then just Mm -hmm. cut it in half Mm -hmm. and like for elise to be able to get all of those words remember all of it get them like a day before remember all of it and then just spout it all out and they're like all right that's great let's go to the next one like just forget what you just learned go to the next thing so And we hope you're okay with how you did it because we're moving on. Exactly. Kind of yeah. Like you, they just at that point, as an actor, you have to be comfortable with whatever performance you have given and are giving at any given moment. Like, it doesn't matter if you feel like, oh, my hair fell flat, or oh, I said that word kind of weird. There wasn't time to fix it and go back like there is in movies. When you're making a movie, there's a ton of extra, like, you have time to cut and like start over, and like if you mess up one word, you can start that whole scene back over. Because of the way that web series are filmed and the short, limited time they're given to film them, yeah. you have to be comfortable with what you're doing when you're doing it. Yeah, I feel like maybe that's why something like Carmilla has such a diehard fandom as it does, and we get so attached to the actors. And not even like necessarily the actors, but the characters. Mm-hmm. Like we're attached to Carmilla, we're attached to Laura, uh, to to Laura, and and the rest of the the gang there it seems like they've been put into like a sensory deprivation chamber where they had to completely absorb that character to be able to do it so quickly. And so they had to get fucking good at it Mm -hmm. and like know it inside and out and inhabit it so well. Anyway, we could talk about that forever. But uh... (laughs) We get off on Carmilla and there's no way that we go back to anything else. So whoops. Right. Right. Okay. So let's speak about music for just a minute. Do you have anything because I'll tell you that my year was made by the Janelle Monet record. Okay. And all, I get that. Yes. I love that record. Um, we got to see her in concert at the Ryman, mm-hmm. which was an amazing experience and only cemented for me how much I love her. <laughs> I love the, uh, the video album that she made of it. Uh, if people have not seen that, uh, Dirty Computer it's good. Like 43 minutes, I think, or 47 minutes, something mm-hmm. like that. You sit down, and it's like you're getting a, a little futuristic sci-fi, queer, American freedom experience. Mm-hmm. It's the only mm-hmm. way that I know how to describe that. It's an experience. That. It's not something you watch. It's an experience. You live through yeah. that. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I got I got deep into that when I was watching it. Um, so that's that's the highlight of, of my year as far as music goes. I do love that Haley Kyoko has had so much success as our lesbian Jesus. That's where I was going to go. Okay. Well, then we've got a really good like tandem there because <laughs> you can't miss with either one of those things Mm-mm. this year. Haley Kyoko, her album Expectations came out this year. Okay. One second. I, I want to paint a picture for, for listeners here because every time that you say something that you really, really love, because I'm watching you on a screen, <laughs> you tilt your head to one direction shoot your eyes straight up into the air and it's it's like such a moment of bliss <laughs> i'm living in a gay little world up here yeah you just said hey kyoko and looked straight up at the ceiling i can't help it <laughs> that was awesome oh you know she's just floating on a cloud up here in my imagination but now Haley kyoko's album expectations mm-hmm. i had no expectations for it it was nope. just 
so good. Like, I loved her first EP that dropped. Like, her first EPs were great. But this album as a whole, like, if you haven't done yourself the favor and actually listened to it from start to finish, from the beginning in order, then you're missing out on a whole... Like, it tells a story. It paints a true picture. And then Hailey Kiyoko won... uh, be, uh, what was it? Push artist. I have, I wrote it down. Push artist of the year at the VMAs. Yeah, which is a huge thing. And her her immediate reaction was, "This is a huge step forward for people of color and queer people alike." Yeah, she grabbed her award and then out there like stood and did this crazy like mm-hmm. dance and uh, was it <laughs> screaming twenty eighteen twenty eighteen twenty eighteen. That's going out over the mainstream MTV airwaves to everyone. I thought it was fucking great. It's beautiful. Like, yeah. she's, she was not wrong when she started the year off saying, this is 2018. Mm-hmm. She deemed this year 2018, and she has held up to her promise. She's been spoon-feeding us content the entire time, and that's great. Mm-hmm. Overall, 2018 has delivered. I You're mean, right. it's like she put out positive vibes for it, and the universe has responded mm-hmm. because... You know, I don't want to be one of those gays that says everything's gay and, oh, that person's gay and this show's got gay stuff. And, oh, (laughs) you know, I don't want to be one of those people. uh, Me either. um, Because, you know, diversity, whatever you are, whoever you are, it's great. But, damn, I mean, we can't, like, it's like you turn around, there's something else gay. And that's great. Yeah, I'm not complaining at all. But then I start to hear myself and I'm like, am I one of those people? I mean, that annoy (laughs) the shit out of me with that. But you can't, you cannot deny it this year. No. At you all. can't. It's and it's great, and I, and I, I have to wonder if that isn't a response to the oppression of the life we've lived in since the election. Mm-hmm. If it's just like everybody's like, "Fuck it," if we're going down, I'm going out in a blaze of gay. I'm just, just, it's just yes. out there. <laughs> That's how it feels. Yes, it feels a little bit like a revolution, like a you know a cycle of history is is we're going through right now. And everybody should, like, in my opinion, try to embrace it, experience it. So things like going to that Janelle Monet concert, it wasn't necessarily convenient for us to go to that. It was like a weird thing. or whatever. But I was like, I, I want to go to this. This is going to be a thing that I want to say that I saw her in this year mm-hmm. in relation to this album, in this time, in this place, and this state of this country. I wanted to go do this. And it delivered for me. And I have a feeling that if I went to... I didn't get to go see Haley Kyoko. It was it did not work out. Did you get to go to any of her no, shows? No, it didn't work out for me either. I no. went and saw Smash Mouth instead. What? Yeah, Smash Mouth was right here on the coast, <laughs> and I had free tickets. Oh, okay, I was gonna say you're not a Smash Mouth fan, are you? Uh, when I was younger, I was. Yeah. Okay. But no, they were free tickets at the Hard Rock. You can't turn away free tickets to Smash Mouth at the Hard Rock. I pretty much don't turn away free tickets to anything. I'll go experience anything. You know, you can always get up and leave or whatever. If See, I pay for then... the tickets, I'm not going to. But <laughs> that's the, You're not wrong. I mean, we get tickets to the Hard Rock every, like, two, three weeks. Wow. Like, Because the casino. Yeah. I grew up with the casino, so I have a card there. They give me free tickets. Sweet. <laughs> um, hmm, I might have to come visit you then. With exactly, right? Going on down there. <laughs> we got salt and Peppa coming down here uh, in a couple weeks. Uh, you got anybody from, uh, like, the 20-teens? <laughs> Uh, we'll find out (laughs) (laughs) all right stay tuned yeah okay we've hit music that we liked that really stood out to us we've hit tv web series movies um do you have any wild card something that you want to share we should talk about for a second brendan yuri coming out 
Brendan Urie is the lead singer of Panic at the Disco. Oh, I do know that. Yeah. The okay, guy that was in Kinky Boots. Yeah. He came out as pansexual. He is married. He does mm-hmm. have a wife. Mm-hmm. But he came out as pansexual, and his way of coming out was just like, you know, I'd be with a man or a woman. Like, they're both appealing to me. Mm-hmm. And he also, that was the same day that he had started his own uh, LGBTQ charity. Mm-hmm. Highest Hopes. Mm-hmm. So he started he came out in a big thing. way because I saw that all over everywhere. Oh, yeah. I recognize his name. I Panic at the Disco, I know. But um, he, it was everywhere. He was on tour with Haley Kiyoko as well. Well, I mean, and then he this, had to. He, yeah. he had to come out. <laughs> well, they sang, um, he has the song uh, Girls Like Girls and Boys. Mm-hmm. And he had Haley come out and sing it with him one night. And they both wore rainbow flags and danced around the stage. Like, we just need to appreciate him for all that he is. Okay, you've you've nudged me and jogged my memory on something that I should mention <laughs> along those lines is we went to see Harry Styles okay. this year from uh, and I, I'm not like a I'm not a boy band fan at all One Direction yep. I know one song I know they were phenomena <laughs> you know whatever but I dig that kid um, mm-hmm. I watched his carpool karaoke with James Corden and it was one of the most hilarious things and he's I've got Brit envy anyway I like anything British pretty uh-huh. much. Yep. Like, if I, if I could swap out and be British, it would be great. I would love it. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was just, like, what whatever they say, cheeky on there, yeah, you know? Yeah, he was being like, really cheeky. Yeah, and it was hilarious. And the kid can sing. I like that he seems to have great taste in older music. Like, he, he does a Fleetwood Mac cover, which I, mm-hmm. I dig. Um, and he, some of the influences that you can hear on his album, I was all about it. So, like, I was like, let's go to the show. And we got there, and, of course, there's, like, it's at the huge arena in Nashville. It's a million people outside there. And mm-hmm. they had given out um, rainbow, little tiny rainbow flags. And so when we came there, it's like everybody out there has got like these rainbow heart stickers on and the flags. And so it was like really cool because, you know, there were parents dropping off kids there and they're with their younger kids who I hate to stereotype, but look like they maybe were not but being so on board with the queer, you yep. know, like maybe they voted for the current president and it was I was like what a great education for these parents and how great for these kids to be here with their parents during this you know I'm older and I'm sitting there with my son's 26 you know we're mm-hmm. we're sitting there but I really like <laughs> s- pulled up my sociology background and really watched the interactions of stuff going on and listened to people during that and that was really mm-hmm. cool and then he came out on stage and he had the big rainbow flag and you know it was just like a really nice inclusive experience and so I hope that there's a lot more of that. And it sounds like there's going to be based on what you said and then what I saw there. So I, I have hope. You've jogged something for me as well now. Because <laughs> talking about concerts, I went and saw Paramore for the fifth time. They're my favorite band. But I went and saw them for the fifth time this summer. And I saw them in New Orleans. And over the years, Paramore has, you know, gone from being like this tough alternative rock group to like now they do more like mellow type of music. And like yeah. it's more fun. There's marimba in their music now. So, <laughs> um, but when I went to the concert that day, it was so different than all of the other times I've seen Paramore. And it was so nice and it was very gay. There were so many, like, I was surrounded by six different uh, lesbian couples. I didn't know any of them, first mm-hmm. of all. That was weird. We all just kind of like stood in the same section. <laughs> the lesbian section exactly there was a lesbian section over to the right um (laughs) uh if you've gone to the beer station you've missed us you've gone too far but no there was like 
this group of like six lesbian couples all kind of standing around me and then there was like some uh gay male couples over to the right of me and like there were so many gay people there and I've never seen that before at a Paramore show and it was like we were talking uh Haley was talking about um with the song 27 basically it's kind of like have hope in what's going to happen things are going to get better mm-hmm. and she started like giving this talk about like queer people and it's it's strange because she is a straight white female and she mm-hmm. knows that and says that all the time she was like mm-hmm. i have no reason to be able to talk about this i have no stake in this but this yeah. is how i feel yeah and it was so nice to get her to just like talk and like she saw all these people and she was like the diversity i see in this crowd speaks volumes as to what we as a community are building and it was just, and the girl that went up to sing the song, I also did never see very many people of color at Paramore shows. Mm-hmm. Like, that doesn't really happen. Mm-hmm. It, that's not to say that they don't have fans that are people of color, but there was a person of color that was chosen to come on stage and sing Misery Business with Haley, who was also a lesbian. And it was just phenomenal. It was, like, <laughs> the biggest recognition and the yeah. most awesome thing. And, like, my parents went with me to that. And my dad was actually standing uh, at the back of the uh, concert venue. And he said he was watching it. And he said that just watching all the people, everybody looked so happy. Yeah. They just looked so happy to be there. And I've never... Dad doesn't react to things ever, first of all. But second of all, he recognized that there was something happening there. Yeah. And yeah. so I think that this truly is the year of we are all coming together and, like pushing for things to be better because they've hit rock bottom so we have to be there for each other that takes me back to the janelle monet concert because i um assumed it would be largely mostly and and i hate to to assume this that it would be people of color at Mm -hmm. this concert it's in nashville um at the rhyme it's not a very big place Mm -hmm. pleasantly surprised by the variety and diversity of the crowd and so we're talking from much 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 older almost like grandmothers there Mm -hmm. down to some younger kids you've got your middle-aged white male gay couples men (laughs) Mm -hmm. um a lot of lesbians a lot of lesbians of color a lot of gay men of color uh people that i you know don't know what their deal is but by seeing how they reacted i could tell they were positively reaffirming what she was saying which was she's like love is love i'm about positivity everything in this room is positive and you were getting that vibe was being sent back to her and Mm -hmm. it was the probably one of the most enjoyable concert experiences ever because she's you know up there saying things that you you know are are queer positive statements female Mm -hmm. positive statements and seeing people that I wouldn't think would normally be like yeah you know and and raising Mm -hmm. a fist for it and I was just like you know this is fucking the energy was like bouncing all around the room and so that's probably what like your dad experienced was that positive and everybody seemed happy and and so I see things all the time people post them online in our current times and they say you know there's a lot of hey don't worry everything's gonna be okay everything's gonna Mm -hmm. be all right and I sometimes I'm scared to feel that way because I'm like but it but it's not I mean look at how close we are to being in a handmaid's tale Mm -hmm. world right now I feel like I could wake up tomorrow my bank account is frozen and it's been given to my father or some other whatever male would happen to be or my son you know that my rights would be taken away Uh, that's a scary thing for me but then I I have to I I do feel like everything's going to be okay Mm -hmm. like deep down I feel like we've weathered worse than this we have. I feel like we have. 
And it's just that for me, we were on such a high going into the election as as queer people, as women, as progressive people. I feel like I just had a false sense of where the world was going. Um, and I hope that that we find that way back. But it was such a hard crash when it was taken away, like in that in a overnight, you know. So mm -hmm. that's something I'm struggling with right now with myself and why this year has been good is because there's been all this queer progress and diversity and inclusion and everybody really trying to be more sensitive to everyone else when there's a whole portion of society in America that is not being sensitive. That's why like with this show, I hope that we are getting across that there's good stuff out there. There's mm -hmm. things that can make you feel good about yourself. There's things that can make you okay with who you are and who your friends are and who you love. But it's a struggle for me. I don't know if you feel that same way. No, I do. I, I definitely have the issue of people do keep saying, it'll be okay, we'll get through this. Like, there is that reassuring undertone. And I think we all are feeling this kind of sense of, well, we thought it was going to be okay to begin with. But now look at what happened. We believed that things were good and things were going to stay good. And then now look. And you don't want that, like, wind to be knocked back out of you. So you don't want to trust in, oh, it's going to get better. Things will be okay. But I think that the more that we work every single day for things to be better within the place you are living, within your own personal circumstances, if you keep being positive in that, then things will be more positive on a large scale. And I think that that's the only way to be able to get past the terrible that we are at right now is yeah. just keep pushing forward, staying positive and doing those things so the people that are following behind us can really like live on that and coast on that. I agree with everything that you said there. And so I guess I feel like our podcast, although we don't have, you know, 100,000 people listening or anything <laughs> like that, uh, podcasts are really hard to tell um, how well you're doing. They don't, they've mm -hmm. never really, you know, it's not like the billboard charts or the Nielsen ratings. They've not really gotten anything yet that will let you know, you know, how many people are downloading, but how, I don't download the podcasts I listen to necessarily. I just, I have unlimited wireless. So I just exactly stream. stream. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I can only base and do multipliers based on the number of people that download our episodes. And I think we're doing pretty good for a small little startup podcast that's only about four months in the making mm -hmm. and I think that there have been improvements um, that I've been able to make you coming on has greatly helped me with my vision now for what I want this <laughs> podcast to be um, and getting on a, on a path and so if nothing else you and I get to get together and and be friends online mm -hmm. and um, talk about things living in two different totally place totally different places and you get to share this and so then we can like signal boost it out with this podcast mm -hmm. and like you said you ran into someone at the doctor's office who recognized your voice the other day that was insane i was standing there trying to get my prescriptions filled and i get my medicine and then somebody asked me hi are you by any chance gay i don't know why they didn't start with are you on a podcast or is your name this so they started with hi are you by any chance gay and i was like well i guess i am <laughs> what told you <laughs> was it my cargo shorts but no she she came up to me and she was like i heard your voice and i recognized you from you're on that is there gay in it podcast and i was like yeah yeah wow. I, I i did that like a couple times she was like are there gonna be more episodes like i really enjoyed it i was like i hope there's more episodes i think there is yeah and she just like laughed and shook my hand and went on her way like she was really nice but it wow. was so random 
Wow. Because you, but it was seeing your own real life impact, you know, like you are seeing someone that you never knew before then, and they never knew what you were thinking before that either. Mm-mm. I think that this is a way for us to be able to reach way more people and be like, hey, here's some really cool stuff that I found. What do you find that's really cool? Let's all yeah. like kind of talk about that. Right. And I've been, one of the things that I do obsessively keep up with is on the little um, graphics on our statistics, I can see Mm -hmm. new countries where we have new listeners. Mm -hmm. And so, like, you know, I start off very heavily U.S., Canada, a few, you know, Great Britain. And now, but Mm -hmm. I mean, I think it's like, it's like so many countries now. And I'm like, Iran, (laughs) you know, there's people in Iran and Thailand and Russia and places yeah, big eyes. That's <laughs> wow. Places I will never get to see. <laughs> right, um, and places where there may be not a lot of this content getting out there mm-hmm. that they could find, but they could find it through the power of the internet. So I don't know. Well, we we use this as a recap, but also look forward to what's going to happen and come up. And I'm excited about it. Um, I hope that we're able to keep our schedules going. True. <laughs> you, you and I both. Uh, it seems like I don't do a lot, but I, I do a lot that ends up taking up my time and <laughs> now you've added things into your schedule but I know we're going to make time to try to I do want to make it regular enough that people I've had people say I always downloaded and listened on Tuesdays and mm-hmm. I looked forward to that and now you've not done one in two weeks and I'm like man I've been busy you know yep. sorry I'm trying I'm trying really I am or like you said are there going to be more of these like to people and I'm like yeah yeah I'm not stopping you know it started as a hobby but I'm making it a serious hobby now mm-hmm. so um we're going to do our best to get on a regular schedule and um put up a lot more content but I guess we're going to wrap this up probably should yeah it's been a little bit and I do want to <laughs> I do want to edit this and, and get it out and wrap up this first season and um come back I do want to say that the easiest way to listen to the podcast now is on Spotify we randomly got picked up by Spotify, which I was super happy about because I I submitted this podcast to Spotify when I started and they sent me something saying they were not accepting new podcasts. So I was like, well, dang, OK, they just must be getting <laughs> overrun with submissions or whatever. And then it was just on there. And yeah. so I was super excited about that because I'm, I'm on Spotify all the time. That's how my girlfriend listens. So yeah, iTunes. And if you do listen on iTunes, we would love for you to give a review, even if it's just pushing one of the stars, because it does keep us up in the in the ratings on there. It lets more people easily mm-hmm. get the podcast suggested to them. So that would be really helpful. Also, just telling your friends, or if you see that we post on social media, maybe share that. I'm at Butch and Sissy on Twitter and Instagram, and Beck, you are. At Tiny Gay Cookie on Instagram and Twitter and everything. There's also a Gmail if you want to send me a private email. You know, hit me up there. <laughs> <laughs> We've got the, the, the Twitter, Instagram. Um, you can also go to butchandsissy.co, which is my website, and there's an entire page devoted to the podcast, and they're all on there. So you can start at the beginning if you want and follow through there. It's very easy to listen right through your browser that way. All right, we're definitely going to wrap it up this time after the shout outs. <laughs> I've had a great time with you this season. Um, I'm glad that I got things situated around and brought you on. And, you know, we text each other during the week and everything, but we do get to sit here and stare at each other and and chit-chat. It's great to just stare at each other. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, folks, we'll be back with season two. I don't know exactly when, but if you follow us and subscribe, then sign up for the notifications, then you'll know right when I post the the, uh, new episodes up. All right, Beck, I'm going to let you go get about your life, and 
will convene back here pretty soon. And bye, everybody. All right, bye.